The specials on the Paul McLoon Show today FM. We're here in the Olympia backstage, uh, head of tonight's show, which I'm very much uh, looking forward to uh, later on. Big fan of the band, have been since I was well, I was never what you call short, but I was shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, how gratifying has it been to be? Ba- I mean, I know there's been various iterations of the band down through the years, uh, but b- back with this core, this nucleus with Terry, and uh, back uh, very much perceived. I guess as the specials being really back in the game now with the album, how important was that, and how has it felt to be to be at this point? I think uh, actually having Terry back in the band, the voice of the band, that was complete. This you know uh, um, make the whole thing worthwhile. Yeah, with his voice and his writing, that is the way. He's he's, he's in a superb job writing these songs, and Horace and um, Nikolai and I, we we all put it all together. Four of us did it all, and I think the combination was just absolutely fantastic. And I think, I think definitely without doubt, having Terry back as a voice, ice on the cake. And in terms of the, the subject matter of the record, I mean, it's almost like a, a point by point uh, state of the nation, actually state of the world uh, kind of uh, thing, really. Was, was, it, was it conceived like that or did it just turn out that way? It wasn't meant to be that. Mm-hmm. It was just like, um, what are we going to write songs about? I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there, there's lots of things to write songs about. I don't think we know. We don't, don't think we talked about things about th- back in the day. Things were black and white. The specials were known as black and white, whereas now there are lots of grey areas. Yeah. Hence the album cover. Yes, which is mm, which it, is grey. Um, uh, yeah, because I should explain that it's not grey. Right. You've got to look at it very closely, yeah. and you'll see it's actually that's actually lots of black. black so, so we talked a lot about the, the the things that we used to hold as as, as sacrosanct. Actually, perhaps a little bit different, and and perceived or perceived wisdom is perhaps not as it's put out to be. So we we I think we thought a lot around that, and and came up with like songs like "Vote for Me," which is basically um, about well, we have this system where you can change governments or whatever, but it's been but it's it's kind of been corrupted or or, 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 or made in, in such a way that you don't know who you're voting for or why you're voting or whatever. So there, there were things like that. But there, there were plenty of things to write songs about. And one of the songs that's, that, that's on there is, is a redo of an old Fun Boy 3. Well, actually, it was the first Fun Boy 3 uh, single, The Lunatics, simply mm-hmm. called The Lunatics. Now, formerly, The Lunatics have taken over the asylum. When that first came out, when I was a kid back in the day, obviously, it was in the context of the, the Reagan Thatcher axis yep. and the Cold War and unemployment and, and all these things that were going on. Mm-hmm. I often think now, and I, I understand the reasons why it's still very valid today and perhaps its time has come again, but almost just to, to echo what Horace just said, it almost seems like the problems back then, I would almost swap back then for now. It was almost more of a straightforward you sort of knew where you stood, awful mm-hmm. as, as much of it was, whereas today mm-hmm. it's just a lot, it's a lot trickier. I think, I think um, the reason, because it was, it was like one of my selection to do, and mm. my like, uh, I thought well, that'd be right for to do this. I'm because I live in America, mm. and we say I live in America. It says something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it I'm, says a lot, right? I'm going I'm there just, soon, and I, I don't know exactly <laughs> how I feel about so, it. So uh, obviously, you know, the lunatics are taking over the asylum. There's no way we could have dreamed that we would have been covering our own song. How many years later? Almost because 40. Us, yeah. Because where we are right now, right? Yeah. We're asking this question. The lunatics us take on the asylum, and that's where we are right now. And it's almost as if you shouldn't really complain about it. It's kind of like w- when you bring it up now. What's that term they're using these days? Gaslighting, where all this crazy stuff's happening. But if you question it, yes, it's, it's yeah. extraordinary, isn't yeah. it? The specials on the Paul McLoon Show today FM. And how gratifying has it been to have the have the album? 
out there in the world um, been turning off the back of it. Of course, the specials have been a touring entity now for, for, for a few years, but was it important and what, did it in some way kind of uh, secure the legacy of the band, for want of a better expression, to, to get this record out? Um, I thought I think the legacy was kind of secure, but this this kind of we sort of re it was time to move on. I mean, we were we spent more or less ten years playing the hits that you know and love, mm. which was great, which was a lot of fun, and that's why people came to see us because they wanted to hear it. But I think we we were in a position where we should where we thought we sh we should make, perhaps make a statement and kind of reinvent ourselves or just reestablish ourselves as, as a something a little bit current right otherwise we were just going to sort of turn into a kind of heritage act mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and we had the you know the means at our disposal so so we we went there was never any long-term plan with the specials we got together at the back end of 2008 to play in 2009 our 30th anniversary and that would be you know and i thought okay i'll take a year off from the job that i was doing um make a load of money possibly pay off my mortgage but then go back to you know and i would retire you know blah 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 but the thing just kept on going and as it kept on going we thought well what, as we're keeping on going why don't we make a record so it was always there and then we were more or less in the position where we were going to start doing this but then john bradbury our drummer died of course very uh, back end of 2015 and that was a real shock um, so it, it took us sort of 18 months, two years to get ourselves sort of back on our feet where we could think about doing this again. So um, and so we started writing this record early 2018, uh, recorded it in the summer, finished it in the in the autumn. And, and now it, it's now it's been released. So it has the, the it's been a while, you know, it's been in the back of our minds for quite some time to, to put this music out. But the album came together pretty quickly then. Yes, yeah, we started writing it, like I say, for March time last mm. year, just a couple of days a week, you know, you know, and pretty soon we we'd had ten songs, and then it was a question of going in and and, and recording. I'm very happy that it only took eight weeks, yeah, mm. from like you know opening the studio door and putting the drum kit up to actually finish mix. You hear horror stories of you know bands taking forever to make records that. Are nowhere near as good as this one. And actually, I think often for that reason, they they yeah, overthought exactly. it. They've, they've mm, overshot exactly. their own way totally. Yeah. And by the time, by the time they got that snare sound and exactly how it is, and the guy's head, the, the sort of something about the creative impetus has gone. It's yeah. kind of yeah. you know, it's not yeah. an it's it's the it's the spontaneity mm. really. With the well, we're we're really really lucky because we're blessed with you know these amazing musicians that we surround ourselves with. Um, our keyboard player Nikolai Torblasen, mm -hmm. he helped um, um arrange and produce the album with Terry Limbaugh and I. We've got Kenrick Rowe on drums, who's monster, who's mm. amazing. Steve Craddock plays guitar, and we have this great um, horn section. So we're, you know, yeah. And you know, I, 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 this is, I guess, it's a, it's a, it's a slightly stupid statement, but it sounds like the specials. I mean, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's all that about? It, yeah. Yeah, we it have is. captured my. Uh, yeah. But as a matter of fact, the, the same guitar that I used to play on all every special song, which, 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 literally, we think of like gangster. Mm. When we will come back from France, that guitar was took off me, and Roddy's guitar was took off. It's that same old guitar. So obviously, same pickups, nothing changed. So it's on exactly the same. That's right. That's really changed, that's changed the strings a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of strings changed. Yeah, that couple of, yeah, 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 that's it. But yes, it is. It's the specials. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how often do you change your strings? 
about once every couple of months you because know? Yeah. because I heard I don't know if it was James Jamerson or somebody mm. or, or or maybe the guy from the stacks the the, the legendary stacks uh, Donald Dunn Donald, Donald Dunn, Dunn. Dunn. I, yeah. one of the other apparently never changed the string yeah James Jamerson never was it him right strings. okay yeah, 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 yeah. no yeah. I'm I'm asking for a friend okay. <laughs> no I change them I, I I keep them on until the um, our sound engineer our front of house engineer says Horace your sound your song your strings sound rubbish you need to change them <laughs> so. So I, and I have the past couple of weeks. You'll always get the truth uh, from, from, from the sound engineer. guy. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. The specials on the Paul McLoon Show today FM. In terms of the subject matter of, of the record, and as I say, it tackles so many big issues in turn that, you know, the uh, violence, gun, the gun problem, the gang problem, uh, the, you know, feminism, sexism, uh, Me Too, obviously, and also Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. which you confronted in a. In a in a very direct yes, yes. Mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that a, is that a completely autobiographical story? Because it... Exactly, that's exactly. I left Jamaica um, in 1964 to come to England. My father was already in, in England. And um, the whole thing, you know, my father told me the story of when I'm um, trying to find a, a room to rent. He slept in a garage in Gloucester. He couldn't get anywhere to live. They were asked to come over, invited to come up to England yeah. by Sir Winston Trilogy to come and rebuild England. And that's the way they were treated, you know? the time so um and me at school obviously you know you, you know being the minority at school i never heard the, the term black b in in jamaica i'm not gonna say the word here right now you mm. know and and when i when i um thought out at school exactly what it meant right literally not a welcoming word was a w- word of hatred you know yeah. obviously i got upset after that you know so it's really it's um all that what i've said there is right through my life you know is this all what's happened and again i mean as we were saying earlier i mean it must be i guess kind of disappointing depressing um the promise of of much of the the, the two tone thing back in the mm. day was was trying to break down those prejudices and barriers mm-hmm. and try and confront the very prevalent then very prevalent issue of of racism um, in the UK and indeed of course all all across the world. But it was confronted in a, in a positive, creative, peaceful kind of mm-hmm. uh, joyous joyous kind of way almost. Mm. Um, but here we are, forty years later, and, and things on that front are as bad as because, as bad as they ever were. Mm, because back in the days, even though I went to school in Gloucester, even some of my my um black friends in Gloucester when when they knew I was playing, as far as they're concerned, I, I was out of the rules. Because don't get it, things were quite at that time. You you got you you've got your roots reggae, and you've got your, your your pop reggae, and you've got different sort of um style of, of music where a bit more rootsy, right? Mm. So my roots friends. So, Oh, can you be playing a punk group? That was my black friend. Well, yeah. So you got good. criticism for playing in yes, the specials? Yes. From, yeah. like, from, yes. from and Jamaicans in Gloucester? From Gloucester, oh, exactly. Okay. I had the same thing. Yeah, on, yeah. on both sides. It was like really... But I think, to me, I think it's, it's one of the... Um, I look back and I look back on a band like like The Equals, you know? Yeah. Who was did. breaking on barriers then, you know, with yeah. all the multicolored and everything. And I just thought, you know, I, I got to take my hat off to, to Eddie Grant. They lead the way. And um it takes one to start to open that door a little. Hmm. And then one goes, and then two goes, and then go, go in, and then it built up. And I think, I think really from from the likes of bands like the Equals, let me realize that you know, you know, um, music is is something we can all merge together, and we'll come out of it at the other end as brothers and sisters. And it's interesting that you put BLM, mm. you you kind of juxtapose it with Black Skin Blue Eyed Boys, mm. an old Equals song, and it kicks mm. the album off. It's sort of slightly wrong for me a wee bit because it's kind of funky. And you know it's very funky. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. it's very funky, and yeah. that's all down to you. Um, but you know, it 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 isn't immediately musically quite positioned where the, where the rest of the album is. It's it's, mm. it's sort of sta- it stands slightly alone. But then you're straight into BLM mm. after. I mean, that's a real 
one-two punch at the top of the record. That mm. must have been a very deliberate place. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the mm. things. Like, we mm. could have sort of recreated 1979, mm. and it would all be sort of like fast specials and rude boys and all mm. that kind of stuff, which I... Um, but I think... I think if we needed to, when we wanted, wanted to make a contemporary statement, I think, you know, we had to do something a bit different. Yeah. And as you say, it still sounds like the special. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. We yeah. grow, and the special grow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the approach then, I guess, to get back to that point was not not to worry about, or in fact, embrace the fact that you are the band, that you're still, you still sound like that, even with the new input and the new personnel uh, mm. involved. Um, because some bands I know in your position that I've interviewed, that are maybe coming back or perceived to have come back after after a time away, mm. or even maybe they're at their third or fourth record, um, but the, the the kind of approach is kind of they shy away almost from 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 the strengths that they have. They they kind of wanting well that's a bit that sounds a bit too much like us. Was there was there ever ever any kind of that kind of thinking entering into things? I think back in the day there there was. I remember when we first when we reformed, we soon came to realise that there were two specials mm. there's the 1979 specials you know tonic suits 200 skinheads on stage yeah 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 <laughs> yeah 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 and then there was the the specials that did international jet set stereotypes and ghost town yeah that was a lot darker somber and yeah. And, yeah. and a lot a lot more sort of considered yeah. and um and so we had to sort of combine sort of both of those when we got together in 2009 so in a way we were kind of used to to that and there was something that, that Roddy said he thought that we'd gone straight from with the Beatles to Sergeant Pepper without doing rubber soul <laughs> right. in between yeah. which I, I which was quite clever I, I must admit I, I thought that was a, a, a quite cool thing to say so I think that had happened so we were kind of used to that radical change does that answer your question absolutely so. yeah. yeah and he's not here unfortunately I, and I don't want to be speaking in the guy's absence but be, but working with Terry again for both of you um, how, how has that been? He's a great He's lyricist wonderful He's absolutely really um, really good lyricist amazing um, very you know, funny as well yeah very He's funny. so funny without a doubt I think over the last few years we really got to know who Terry really is mm -hmm. the best lyricist in the world you know and um, and working with Jerry as an arranger right and his musical ideas you know where, where mm -hmm. he come from right and putting that Jerry's background I was born in Jamaica so I come with all the reggae and the Scar stuff, you know, and he to me he's taught me argumented chords, you know, which I never knew. Yeah, I've been blessed. The specials on the Paul McLoon show today FM. And Terry seems to, I mean, obviously he's he's been speaking publicly about um, mental health issues in his own story, and you know, as I say, the guy's not here, and it's probably mm. not, not right to talk too much about him when he's not here. But it's been an interesting development lyrically. The the album, the song, just that that deals with. With mental health issues in mm. such a frank way, mm. um, that, that 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 surprised me for Terry to be quite as such an open book. About mm. that. I think he always wanted to write about that. He wrote it. He mentioned it a little bit in on the second Fun Boy Three album, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and that well, I see mm. that. So it was something that he wanted to do. We we listened a lot to um, the Revolution will not be televised. You Gil know Scott the Heron. Gil Scott Heron tune, and um, and we thought there's that sort of spoken word thing. So it was apparent that uh, Terry wanted to do. The spoken word thing and uh, and limbo wanted to do that that thing about his experience yeah. bringing up so it was that's a, again that's a new format for us you know to do to do spoken word pieces and speaking of which there's another great spoken word uh number on, on the album uh, involving safia khan i was right. if, she, if the name doesn't immediately ring a bell uh with listeners safia khan who she is and where you found her and, and how she got involved safia khan um is um a young lady from birmingham and um, she came to, to our attention 
um, a photograph was taken of um, her facing down a member of the EDL at a, um, a, a march in Birmingham where she but she's um, this EDL bloke is like sort of um, shouting at her and she's sort of smiling at him and it was just such a great photo it's such an amazing um, photo it's but, a kind of an iconic yeah, almost, yes. almost photo yeah. but she's wearing a specials t-shirt yeah. <laughs> and that was just the coolest thing um, yeah. yeah okay so she sounded like our kind of gal um, yeah. so we we played in in Birmingham and we invited her down and um, and we we met her and we made contact so she was kind of on our radar we started to make this record and we listened to the Ten Commandments of Man by Prince Buster, yeah. which has not travelled too well over the decades. Somewhat uh, misogynistic uh, in terms. Yes. Yes. Um, so we, we, we thought, OK, well, let, let's rewrite this and try and sort of update it for the 21st century. So we had a go at it and it just became a sort of almost like a comedy record, like sort of first world problems and all this kind right. of stuff. So but then we thought, hang on a minute. Um, why don't we turn the, the song on its head and do the Ten Commandments of Woman? Uh, I know. What about we contact um, this girl, Sophia Khan, who you know, we, we, we met from this Birmingham thing, who in the meantime had become something of a, an activist and sort of a, a torchbearer for sort of the liberal causes or whatever. Um, so we got in touch with her and she, she snapped her hands off. Yes, I'll do it. When do you want it? Bye. And, and she came down with these lyrics. Terry helped her just sort of iron a few things out. And um, she'd never been in a studio before. Um, and it was kind of like, wow. Okay. I mean, for for I mean, listeners will be familiar with the track. I, for a first go at that, it's yeah. it's incredibly accomplished yeah, yeah, yeah. and self assured. Yes, it was great. I mean, she 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 definitely has a can do attitude. <laughs> yeah. Well, something about that yeah, photograph yeah. might yeah. might yeah. might well suggest yeah. that. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. 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 The specials on the Paul McLoon Show today FM. On my way upstairs here at the Olympia. I passed a poster at the bottom of the stairs of uh, Selector and the Beat. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when it's from. I think it's comparatively recent. Um, but there does seem to be, in my experience with the undertones, we do you know a lot of festivals and we, we travel around and we play in lineups that include bands like The Specials and, and, mm. and, and Selector. There, there does seem to be though a general reconvening or has been a general kind of reconvening of that two-tone thing. I mean, you guys mm. have been back, Selector have been back. The beat as well, very obviously, very very sadly, Rankin Roger uh, passed away uh, very recently. But but they had played a lot of these things too. There seems to be a renewed interest generally in in ska and the ska revival, or as I've been calling it on the show, the ska revival revival almost. Yes, yes. Um, well, it's great music, isn't it? I mean, those rhythms are, are, are irresistible, and um, yeah, I think perhaps people. Something I read recently was that people look back. In terms of crisis, people look back for security, if you like. So, um, back say back in 1979, um, when it was looked where there was the 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 collapse of Jim Callaghan's Labour government in England, and uh, Margaret Thatcher was in was um, invited was um, prime minister. Um, you, you people perhaps looked back to that 60s image and that 60s music, Scar or whatever. Um, to, for, for sort of some sort of comfort, don't worry, the sixties will, will 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 rescue us, you know. So perhaps mm. the same sort of thing is, is happening again, you know. Don't worry, folks, the specials are back. They'll they'll <laughs> they'll rescue you. I don't know. Do you, do you see what I mean? So people yeah, sort of, yeah, sort of look yeah. back for something. Plus the fact that um, this music's kind of ingrained in in sort of the cultural psyche now. You know, um, people come along and bring their children. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's it's not like it's new. In that in that respect, like like it was back in 1979. 
and something else it's not like it was back in 1979 of course is the, is the whole medium or these days media of music yeah. is 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 completely uh, transformed since then i mean the the vinyl thing and and indeed your beloved cassettes uh, mm. still hanging in there but uh, in a world with with, w- with the whole streaming phenomenon and the way that has kind of taken off, were you surprised, delighted by the fact that that you had got a, you had a proper hit album on your hands with this? Yes, I, I don't know if I if I, I can say this, but you can always edit it out if, it, if it's <laughs> controversial. But the first week we that the album came out, we we were at Universal um, doing some some press or whatever, and I asked one of our the the, the guys there, I go, well, how many copies it is has it actually sold? And the guy sort of puffed his chest out and says, well, um, Harris, by the by the weekend we reckon it will will have sold forty thousand, and I was like, oh, okay. Because back in the day, it would have sold twice that on the day of release, yeah, yeah. and still only have got to number thirty-two. I know. You know what I mean? But but which really put the state of the the, the music industry in, into context for me in two thousand and nineteen to compared to two thousand and didn't compare to nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah, okay. true. But uh, that's a little bit yeah. contentious thing to say. No, but, but that, it's, that, it's that, not. that was that was a reality for me. Yeah, I mean, I I said that I I asked that question perfectly with that in mind. Um, you know, just in terms of numbers. A hit requires a lot less mm-hmm. sales than mm-hmm. than it used to, but still, mm-hmm. in that context, it must be incredibly yeah. gratifying. Just in even you know in, in against that backdrop, they still be up there as a kind of a you know a, a, it's the specials. They're back. They're 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 at the top of the album chart. I mean, that must be that must be an important thing to see. Think back on it now. Um, every time I think about Brad, you know, I just take me right back to the conversation we, we had with him. Mm. So to me, it was like um when I got the news that we were at number one. Brother, I told you it was not mine. I don't know. Oh, I visioned that, but it happened, and it's for you. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. I guess we've got to ask the, the, the dreaded question. You're having such, clearly having a lot of fun right now, really enjoying mm. where you're at with this uh, whole thing. When this inevitably, inevitably, the cycle, the promotional cycle, the touring cycle off the back of Encore dies down, are, are our plans already being laid for what's next, or is it still no plan? We've we never, never planned things. We've never, <laughs> never had a long term plan. plan. No. Like I say, we've never had <laughs> a long term plan. plan. No. <laughs> we'll, well see. I mean, let, let, let's get through this first, you know. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll make a prediction. There will be another record, uh, <laughs> and it will be another number one. And uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to both of you. Thanks so much for taking Thank the you, time. Paul. Thanks very much, man. Thank you, man.